0: Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen or you are actually gonna decide to go go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. This episode of 100 Not Out proudly brought to you by the 2017 Greek Island Longevity Retreat to Ikaria, the island where people forget to die. To find out more and to join Damien, myself, and an intimate group of 100 Not Outers, go to www.100notout.com. That's 100notout.com. Thewellnesscoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives.
1: Welcome to 100 Not Out featuring
0: your hosts Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and for the second take in 5 minutes, it's a very warm welcome to the great Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. <laughs> You are. I'm a little bit embarrassed you say right that now. Anymore. No, well, I'm, no. I'm just a little bit concerned. It's a little bit that, of rosiness, yeah. a bit of on the Just you know, after nearly four years rich. of 100 not out, I forgot to press record on the <laughs> interview, and um, <laughs> we've
2: got a great interview going on.
0: right And now. we were having the best conversation. It's and best. geez, I'm just hoping and praying that he delivers the goal that he was delivering earlier. Yeah, we'll soon um,
2: find out if this is rehearsed or natural, won't we?
0: We will. We speak yeah, of yeah. a former professional athlete turned oil broker. I want to say, former professional athlete turned oil broker turned one year no beer founder but this incredible man is still an oil broker has been off the beer yeah did it with his mate rory yeah in the oil trade the oil brokers very successful oil brokers yeah and uh, you actually know them by one degree of separation it's amazing which is incredible that happens often doesn't it absolutely and so i think this is very close to our heart because we talk about drinking alcohol, its role, uh, where, it's, where it's empowering, where it's disempowering, yep. we're going to head over to England and talk to Andy Ramage, the founder of One Year No Beer, who has uh, not just uh, done it himself, but inspiring people around the world. They now have their own podcast, One Year No Beer. Andy, very warm welcome to you on 100 Not Out. You're up early, bright and early. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Morning, chaps. Good morning.
0: Andy, it's uh, it's early in the morning over there. Is this um, abnormal for
2: you to be uh, speaking to us at 5.30 in the morning?
1: No, surprisingly not. And this is one of those early signs about one you know, beer and the difference it's made to my life that um, it's a regular occurrence. I try and get up at 5 a.m. every day. It buys me that, that beautiful two or three hours before the kids are awake, which is, you know, anyone with a family knows how difficult that is to, to actually find some space. And it's brilliant. So I can study, read do the podcast, look at one, you know, beer. It's fantastic. So I try and achieve that every morning. It doesn't happen every day because what I've worked out is you cannot beat the Sandman. So You can't go to bed at 12 (laughs) o'clock and try and get up at (laughs) five. You can't beat
2: the Sandman. That's right. I don't get it. Well, sometimes the Sandman just comes and dumps a heap of sand in your eyes and you just cannot open your eyes up in the morning.
0: Oh, that's a good call. Mm. And sometimes they happen in the
2: mornings where you are not expecting it. Yeah, and it's got to be okay to not get up at five o'clock in the morning. That's fine. That's yeah, exactly. Cool.
1: That's the that's the trick. You can't brute force it through. If you, if you, you've had a late night, just just lie in. You just just don't do it. That is the way I get it to work. Anyway,
0: we could end this podcast right now. That's and the, there's a, the a polished piece of wisdom, right there. <laughs> From now, Andy, Andy, I'm sure Andy you get this said. question a lot. But what was the impetus to actually not just like not have a beer for a day or a week, but to actually go? You know what? No beer, twenty four seven, three six five.
1: Yeah, I think it was frustration initially, uh, just frustration that, that habits had, had crept up up on me. Really bad habits, essentially, around alcohol. I mean, I wasn't a, a serious drinker, but you know, I was drinking quite a lot, really. But so were my peers, so were my best friends, so were actually everyone I knew. We were probably all drinking a bit, a bit too much. So I think if you can imagine that spectrum of of, of all the people that have wanted to give up alcohol, you've got the extreme end, which is the doctor's note, the epiphany, the rock bottom, mythical rock bottom, and at the other end, you've got those who are just a bit bored of it, just had enough, and, and that was very much me. I, I just had enough. I, I was bored of the lethargy, bored of the regret. You know, feeling sick and tired all the time. You know, I wanted to be a better dad, a better husband, better at my job, fitter, healthier, wealthier—all those things. Um, and I knew I had to change my relationship. But the second you try and do that, you realise there's a huge social pressure everywhere. You know, my industry, um, being an oil broker in the city. It's just how we do business it's how you socialize it's how you make new clients and new contacts and then on top of that you know friends and your family you know my wife i fell in love with my wife because she drinks pints <laughs> 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 that's oh, the sort of world that i'm in you know she's a good <laughs> irish girl And we, we talked about this earlier on you know between i think that the brits the aussies and, and the irish they're serious drinkers that's just how we it's how we do things. So There's actually a good joke is isn't it?
2: A, a Brit, an Irishman, and an Australian walk into a bar. It's actually quite
1: a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's plenty around that, I think. And we've got Rui He's a Scottishman. We've got oh. all angles covered. Oh, my gosh. we <laughs> got know, the
0: quadrilla.
2: Well, we know that he wouldn't be paying for the beers. That's what we know about that, right? <laughs> good point. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey Andy, uh, good point.
2: Uh, what's what's it been like from your peer group? You know, obviously from a culture perspective in the workplace, a culture perspective in your community, like def- definitely beer, alcohol, entertainment, fun, parties—that's a big deal. What's it been like in your peer group that you gave up beer for a year?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, initially one of shock because I think if you are the sort of larger than life guy in the in the in the pub, and uh, you know that was very much me, um, and you suddenly Tell people you're gonna stop that. Firstly they couldn't believe it. You know, no I, I had one particular guy bet me and he still owes me a lot of money. He bet me anything. Well that's it wasn't the other thing about your, your, your
2: profession is you don't bet small. You guys bet big. No, like, I'll he, bet you a million bucks. You know,
1: yeah, yeah, he just, <laughs> and you shake money exactly. It. He, no, no, luckily he didn't even put a lid on it. It was just <laughs> unlimited. It was everything he owned. I'll bet, he he put the
2: I'll bet you yeah. as much money as you like.
1: Yeah, it was um, one of those bets. I'll bet you anything, right? You would never you would never even last a month. And that was only a month he gave me. Wow. Um which I sort of quickly in honesty and this is the interesting thing you start these challenges and I slipped up I did two weeks and I fell off in style as you can imagine and everyone laughed everyone said we knew it you'll never do it so you owe and him the I money did... pardon you owe your mate money no, no, no. Because this was this was after that full oh, start. Luckily. Okay, all right. Uh, then, then, then a few people got a bit confident. You're never going to do it, and then, and I actually went on to I did the month, and then six weeks, and I just I just kept going, and, mm. and here I am. That was two and a half years ago.
2: Oh wow! So we're now two years no beer. I did more, thirty months.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. In February, and and I know it well because we have a big industry event in February. It's called um, International Petroleum Week, and it was at the end of that week I sort of woke up and went. Never again. You know, it was hard. <laughs> it's tough. But yeah, most of my friends are, are great now. um My best friend, the first time I told him I wasn't drinking, he put me in the boring corner. He made me stand <laughs> in the corner with the boring people. So, you know, I mean, it is Comic corner and I love it because it doesn't stop me going out and being sociable. And do you know what? You do take a bit of ribbon and you do take a bit of flack because that's the world that I'm in. But, you know, when I'm up at five o'clock in the morning studying, taking degrees, doing master's degrees, feeling fit as a fiddle, lost all the weight, mm. healthy, vibrant, you know, I'll, I'll never go back. Yeah.
0: Now, just for the detail-oriented cynics, is it wine, vodka, whiskey, chartreuse, um, uh, Jägermeister, or is it one year, or two and a half years,
1: no grog? No grog, yeah. There's no getting around the system. A few people have tried that, but yeah, no grog at all.
2: That's unbelievable. So you said that you've lost a bit of weight. You got your health back. You got your energy back. You got all that sort of stuff. What? What are the? What's the stats? What's actually happened in that time? What have you noticed with your body?
1: Um, uh, the really obvious one was, you know, again being a professional athlete in my my sort of early years. To, to you know, finding myself in the city and then drinking and doing all that sort of stuff. You, you put on weight. Simple as that. I didn't notice it at the time, but um, I managed to lose three stone in weight. Wow. Um, you have stones, don't, don't you? Yeah.
2: for those people who uh, do, impure, um, what are we, metric? Metric? Yeah. Metric, yeah. yeah.
1: Um three seems... free stone in weight, body fat dropped from about 30% down to, to 10%, and that's, that's huge. So I got in really good shape again, and actually I'm probably as fit now as I was when I was playing football. In fact, I was actually heavier when I was playing football, I was about 12 stone 10. So in theory, I probably could have been a bit lighter. But um, I never thought I'd see those days again. I never thought I'd see my old fighting weight. You know, I thought that was a distant, a distant memory. So that, that was the really obvious things. But I think even in terms of my mental health, not that I ever suffered in, in that, that degree. I was very lucky, but I did have that anxiety that follows you after a hangover. And I think a lot of people suffer with that. Um, just that nervousness, that uncomfortableness, that's all completely gone. Um, and just all the general health bits that, that, that spiral, I think, on the back of that. And now meditate, yoga, do all those sort of things that are just so so good for you. And, and the reason a lot of this happens is because it's not just giving up the alcohol. It's not just the calories in the alcohol. It's the fact that all of a sudden, when you stop drinking, you're not phoning in sick to your like PT instructor with some rubbish excuse because basically you've got a hangover. You know, I'm, I reckon hangovers must account for ninety nine percent of all flakes on. PT instructors, spin classes, whatever it is, because we all do it. We know we do. Um, but suddenly, when you take that out of the equation, you get these really good run of exercise, and plus I changed my diet as well. Um, my diet's pretty much vegetarian, almost vegan now, um, which again, for a big meat-eating salad dodger, is a massive change. Mm,
2: that's huge. So going to the chips, not having the chips, no more shepherd's pie, no more. Um, what's that? What's that? Um, the pie with the. Anyway, none of that stuff. None of that stuff that you know comes with a pint of Guinness. So that's a, that's a big shift. It's a massive change. So, I, you know, it must be it must be unbelievably motivating to continue to do that. And at the same time, do you ever wonder whether or not you might just go and have a, a pint of beer one night with a mate, or you have a glass of wine over dinner? Do you ever think that you'll go back to that?
1: No. Do you know? It's a really good question. And only recently. Um, a really good friend of mine decided he was going to moderate Been it spent a long time alcohol free and said you know what, I'm, I've got this under control again as I mentioned early on we, we, I wasn't coming at this from a someone who had this drastic problem that was forced to stop or told he had to stop I decided to do it myself off my own back so I could go back I could go back and drink tomorrow there's nothing stopping me
2: mm.
1: and only recently I thought you know what maybe I will maybe I'll have a glass of champagne every now and again or a pint of Guinness if if I'm in Ireland and um I really weighed it up and at the very start of my challenge and we get all our members to do this I wrote down all the reasons why I'm doing this um and I I sort of dusted that off and and I read them out and within 30 seconds of reading all those reasons I thought you know I'll probably never drink again it offers me nothing you know I I wasn't particularly into the taste so outside of that personally I feel it offers me nothing so at the moment never say never but at the moment I don't see that I'll, I'll ever drink again
0: wow now it's it's the thing it's a it's quite a I don't want to mention this too much but it's quite close to home for myself because I was I think I went five years without a drink Andy and um, and was vegetarian and and vegan for a time as well so it's very close to home but I do think I'd love to know um, from from the movement perspective when I say the movement of one year no beer. I mean, you, you've really done a great job in sharing this movement with the world. You've been in mind body green. You're really starting to transcend uh, cultures. Um, for those people that are really curious as to, you know, who's it for? I mean, it like you said, you weren't forced to stop drinking. I know there's people listening that um, enjoy a drink every now and again. Um, who who do you really, I suppose, recommend um, one year no beer for? Yeah,
1: that's another good question. I think there is that spectrum that, that that I spoke about earlier, and what we're finding, I mean, I guess just look at the members that that we've got. We have got people in our system that would be classically certified as having a serious problem, and actually it's changing their life, which is great. And, and initially we didn't aim it at those people really, because there's some amazing, um, you know, establishments out there for that the, those type of people. But it seems to be working all the way through to people who just have the odd drink every now and again and just see it as quite a light-hearted challenge, as it were. So really, it's probably aimed at the preventative model. All those people in the middle that probably drink a little bit too much or that they're, you know, thinking about changing their relationship with alcohol and don't really have the confidence to stop. That's the key thing. That's why we made it a challenge. We wanted to give people the excuse to stop because, as we discussed earlier, there's so much social pressure around this. You know, it's Mm -hmm. very difficult for people to walk up to friends and family and say, I don't want to drink tonight and often that's just not a good enough excuse as terrible as that is it's true so it's really aimed at those people to give them an excuse so they can say do you know what i'm on a challenge that's all it is it's just a challenge i'm going to do 30 days or 90 days and i think people peers and friends and family like the idea of a challenge because it means to them they're going to get their drinking buddy back at the end of the 90 days well, But the beauty of it is once you once you've started you can just keep going yeah. you've got that you know, win behind yourselves. If you do 90, it's easy to do the 365. So, yeah, it's that sort of group that it's really aimed at.
0: I was speaking to a, um, a family friend at a function the other day, and she is just about to finish um, really one year no beer or one year no alcohol, um, doing it in the calendar year. And she said, I've really enjoyed my year of no alcohol. I feel great, I, my body's different, my energy and all the rest of it. Um, but then she said, but at the same time, I am really looking forward to on January 1 having a glass of champagne. I'm really looking forward to it. How do you find that in, in one year, no beer? I mean, um, because obviously you, you want to celebrate that they've done one year, no alcohol. But then if they've just done it for the year and then they want to go back to just having a social drink every now and again, do you find it easy enough to celebrate that fact with them? Is there a, is there a, is it Does it feel awkward? Does it feel great, well done, great achievement? Where does the focus go on that?
1: um very much so celebration i mean our mission our aim really is to help people change their relationship with alcohol forever yeah. uh, and that's all we're trying to do and if that means they never drink again brilliant if that means they go back to total control and the odd drink at christmas for example or a glass of champagne or a, a pint of guinness you know once or twice a year brilliant and also if they find that they they attempt that and actually old habits surface which which happens to lots of people I mean moderation as it were, it's very difficult for lots of people. Yeah. If I would have it surfaced, then they can come back and do the challenge again. Yeah. So no, we, we celebrate anyone who changes their relationship with alcohol in any shape or form, I think is a good thing.
2: Oh, it's great words. I, I love like it. I like it too. Andy, uh, we spoke in a previous podcast to this one um, about trends. And we're noticing there's a lot of Gen Ys now that are spending good money, good coin on great food, green smoothies, kale, chia seed puddings, you know, acai bowls, all this sort of stuff. They're spending good money because they want to look good, feel good, feel amazing. It seems to me that blokes want to kind of give up the grog a little bit later in life once they've probably had enough social lubrication and uh, Dutch courage to go and meet their wife. And then they'll drop the beer. Are we finding there's a shift now with Gen Y's kind of getting on board earlier and going, you know what, I'm going to get a better relationship with alcohol than what my you know older colleagues or family members have done are we seeing younger people doing this or is it still you know blokes at late 30s early 40s you know doing this sort of thing
1: well actually again it's really interesting because the millennials or the gen ones as you say are drinking far less yeah. peak booze was in 2004 really um wow. yeah God. so the trends are coming um, booze. it's all based around <laughs> we could do a whole podcast on that but um, around advertising. That's when uh, the real peak of the advertising was around alcohol and I think that's why they're starting to curb that, but yeah, peak booze was in 2004. Millennials, Gen 1s, drinking far, far less, which is really exciting. Um, I think there's a huge tipping point about, to, to come really, I think people are becoming aware of actually what alcohol's doing to them, you know, this sort of fun, happy-go, you know, pastime is actually causing them a lot of problems. So, no, the Gen 1s are brilliant and I even see it in our industry, you see the younger guys, the sort of 18-year-old types, um, are drinking far less, as you say, much more body conscious. Want to be fit, want to be healthy. Um, they're they're the type that will go out and have one or two rather than you look at that sort of 30 plus band of the guys that are still you know sitting in the pub all day long. So yeah, there's definitely a trend. There's a tipping point of less drinking, uh, and it's it's really being brought through by the by the Gen One.
0: Without without um, wanting to risk this being a double episode is the lowered alcohol consumption uh, is there any evidence to suggest that illicit drug use has risen at the same time that alcohol use has gone down
1: from what I understand no and I think very much you know from you know worldly experience they very often go hand in glove I think alcohol is definitely the leader into illicit drugs many of the time especially in the city stereotypical drugs cocaine and whatnot um i think they very much flow around alcohol i think if you take alcohol at the equation i i I could only guess i don't know this for a fact but i would say the use would go down a lot
2: Mm interesting interesting andy um you were recently featured in mind body green and uh, you spoke about seven things seven key tips that people could do to uh, ensure that their one year no beer was successful um can we just quickly touch on those things uh before we finish off um, I think the the first yeah. one you said was commit to a physical challenge.
1: Yeah, and this is a really interesting one because you almost wouldn't associate this necessarily with changing a habit. But physical challenge is is absolutely key. You know, I might be a bit biased being a former athlete, but when you take on a physical challenge, it gives you a focus. It gives you a goal outside of the habit you're changing. You can see your body change. You actually get a real sense that what you do makes a difference. So when we say physical challenge, it's not about taking on Everest necessarily. All it is about pushing yourself beyond your current limits. That could be a 1K walk to climbing Everest. So a physical challenge is really important for us.
0: The second one that, you, that you've mentioned here, we spoke about it earlier, is remember that one slip up doesn't mean you're, you're back to square one. So I think people understand that message that just when you fall down on the canvas, you are allowed to get back up. But what about number three? Don't just get rid of bad habits, replace them with good ones.
1: Yeah, I mean, we use a lot of the science behind habit change, and you've got the trigger, which is obviously your trigger moment to, to, to play the routine of the habit, and then you've got re- your reward. So what we try and do is, you keep the trigger, you keep the reward, you just change the routine. Yeah. Um, for example, six o'clock in the evening could be your trigger to go to the pub with the lads, you drink alcohol, that's the routine, reward is the social environment. So what we try and do is say, keep the trigger, keep the six o'clock, keep the social environment, but just change the routine. Two, two really quick things you could do. You could either go for a spin class or you could go to a Barry's camp, You still get that social hmm. um, engagement, but you're not in the pub. Or you could just go to the pub and swap your alcoholic lager for non-alcoholic lager. It is so it's all slider. about getting clever. <laughs>
2: that's that's right when I started studying to be a naturopath because I'm a naturopath as well um, and and I did that 20 odd years ago people said to me you want to drink and I go no no I can't have a drink I don't drink and I used to cop an absolute ribbing because back in 1992 that just wasn't cool to do and uh, and so I, uh, I copped it but had I been able to say can't guys I'm on a challenge do you reckon that might have helped?
1: yeah I think so it, it does for the reasons I mentioned a bit before that I think people don't mind the challenge they almost leave you alone a bit they're used to tough mudders and triathlons and marathons and we sort of think this is just one of those to, to add to that list if you know what I mean and mm. there's always a sense they're going to get you back they're going to get their drinking buddy back mm. Yeah. Um. and again which people like and which I love because it gives people a chance to get out the blocks and once you've got a month or six weeks under your belt you've got that confidence to say, do you know what, I'm just going to keep going. And people yeah. get used to it. So no, a challenge is really important and I think it allows people to get out the starting blocks basically.
0: So yeah, so number four is tell people you're on a challenge. Number five, you've mentioned make a list of all the reasons you want to quit, which is really important for owning what it is, why it is that you're doing it. Number six is a good one to talk about. Keep planning, then plan some more. Uh, you've mentioned it to a point, but do you want to share with people some of your tips on planning to succeed with this?
1: yeah it sounds over the top but you know from my own experience unless you really put the effort into to think about where you're going especially in the early stages where you're going do they serve non-alcoholic lager plan what you're going to drink if they don't have non-alcoholic lager i've been tripped up so many times you wouldn't believe i've been queuing up at the bar i've got my sparkling water in mind i've got my sparkling water in mind i'll reach the bar the bar person would say to me those are mortal words and you know you smell the ambience, you can smell the lager, the crisps, and she barks at you. There's what a do you want? There
2: wearing a cougar top. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Right. Uh, they'd bark at you, those immortal words through the crowd. What do you want? And I would respond, pint of lager, please. <laughs> <laughs> how many times? I can't tell you how many times that happened. And when it does, you just start to doubt yourself. You think, oh my God, maybe I've got this this problem this disease but actually you know when i start to look into psychology you're behaving perfectly normal you're just running these autopilot habits Mm. and that's why it's so important to plan to stop those moments happening
2: yeah absolutely the final point was focus on mindfulness would could that be a tip when you're out at places to be mindful of what you're doing mindful of where you are um because mindfulness is thrown around quite a lot a lot of people are being told they've got to focus on being more mindful what do you mean there
1: yeah, again, mindfulness is everywhere at the moment, so, well, two things really, I mean, there's, there's the actual practice of mindfulness, which we try to introduce, we don't call it mindfulness, we try to do it very stealth-like, um, just, to, just to bring awareness, I think, bringing awareness to your habits, because so many of these things run subconsciously, as I just mentioned a minute ago, yeah. as soon as you can actually start to see what you're really doing, how you're behaving, what you're drinking, what it's actually doing to you, yep. um, so, Two levels, really. There's the actual practice of mindfulness itself and the actual just being mindful of, of your habits, I think, is so important.
0: Ah, oh, there's so much wisdom in there, Andy. Uh, just a lazy 5,500 shares on Mind Body Green for taking a break from the booze. Congratulations on what you've done. Again, your gift to humanity is absolutely sensational. We can't thank you enough for what it is that you've been able to contribute and really inspire people. I mean, one year no beer, one year no grog. It's a, it is a wonderful, um, as, as Andy said, a wonderful challenge. So, Andy, thanks again. And as we like to wish every single member on 100 on out, may the rest of your life, Andy Ramash, continue to be the best of your life.
1: Thanks, guys. It's absolutely brilliant. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Andy. Hey, I want
2: a challenge. I'm going to do a physical challenge here to a couple of my mates, Cameron Hayes, Brent Kirchner. It's one year no grog. Wow. You've yeah. named them. Ne- yeah. There you go, boys. I bet they don't accept it, but There's, let's see how we go.
0: There is the challenge. Thanks again for your support of 100 Not Out. For more information, go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out. We will put the uh, link to the green article in the show notes as well. For more info on Damien, go to DamienChristoff.com, myself, MarcusPierce.com. For One Year No Beer, go to OneYearNoBeer.com. And as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life.